Don't you ever take for granted the privilege of getting to go to church. That's under attack. There is a reproach that comes with being a follower of Christ. We in America have tried to reshape the whole church so that it's palatable and likable in the culture. A church that is accepted well with the culture is usually not accepted well with Christ. The church is a fortress, and a fortress is strength. A fortress is might. Not only a center of defense, but a place of strategic planning and offense. Our God does not expect us to wait for the darkness to enclose around us. He expects us to take up His banner and fight the darkness with His light. You want to know what the biggest problem with America is? The wolf is this country. Gave in. Gave in to public pressure. Gave in to political correctness. One of the greatest curses this country has ever had to deal with is political correctness. Preparing the Christian to shine the light against the darkness of this world. Welcome to Our Mighty Fortress Podcast. I'm your host, Ron Miller, and welcome to the show. We have a much-needed subject to cover today, but first, please go ahead and hit that follow or subscribe button on the podcast platform in which you're listening to us upon we have several social media platforms with all sorts of material that you can listen to and read. Be sure to check us out on our fan page on Facebook when you type in the search bar at Our Mighty Fortress. You can also visit our website, OurMightyFortress.com. We have a whole lot of media there with articles and videos and even a link to our merch store to help support the work. If you do feel so motivated to donate to the work that we do here, Feel free to do so through our website in the established PayPal link. If we've helped you in some way through our work, I'd love to hear about it. Please tell us at OurMightyFortress at gmail.com. By following and supporting the podcast, you let me know that you care about the subjects that we discuss. Today, I would like to analyze and discuss leadership that matters. We all have a perception of what being a leader means, and this can vary from culture to culture. It is said that leaders are born or bred, but I don't find that to be true at all in history. Leaders are raised and trained for their roles. There are those who can be inspiring and charismatic that might have some special gifts in doing so, but keep in mind that those same gifts have produced utter despots as well. In this podcast, I want to explore what makes a leader that is pleasing before God. Being formerly in the United States Marine Corps, I can tell you that they put Marines through the rigorous test of what makes excellent leadership. They drilled into us the 14 leadership traits and expected us to exemplify every single one of them. The Marine Corps hoped that by doing so, when these particular Marines were thrown into combat, that they would lead their troops to victory. Of course, as glorious as all of that sounds, I want to demonstrate that these leadership traits don't originate with the Marine Corps but are in fact derived right out of the Bible. While I'll use examples from my personal experience, I want you to envision what I'm saying 
by thinking about those who have been excellent leaders in your life, those who have made a difference, and you can envision what I'm saying. Of course, having Jesus Christ in the Bible, who exemplified all of these characteristics of being a solid leader, this is going to give us a direct example by which all of us can follow. We will be able to see these types of characteristics as we progress. We'll look at scripture as to what it means to be an excellent leader, a leader that matters not only in the workplace, but in your home, in your church, and even in the world. With that introduction, let's get right into this. There have been many men and women in history that are remembered for their leadership, either in their overall life or in a certain situation. It is said that adversity forges leaders, and really that's the truth. The Marine Corps molds and prepares its Marines to go through not only the fires of combat, but also in the hope of forming the overall character of Marines. This particular branch of military has a long history of amazing feats of leadership in which the most heated of situations have occurred. It's quite a fascinating read if you're interested sometime looking up the famous leaders of the Marine Corps. Well, they are especially known for their emphasis of small unit leadership. This means that even down to the smallest formation of Marines, there is someone able to take charge and lead their people towards mission accomplishment. Believe it or not, most militaries in the world are a top-down emphasis, where nothing really happens without direct commands of executive leadership. This is often crippling to troop movement and logistics if that chain of communication is broken, because nobody at the lower ranks are trained to take charge of a situation. It sounds crazy, but most of the world's militaries fall into that category. In order to form what the Marine Corps perceived as excellent leaders, they instilled the 14 leadership traits into Marines. These traits are bearing, courage, decisiveness, dependability, endurance, enthusiasm, initiative, integrity, judgment, justice, knowledge, loyalty, tact, and finally, unselfishness. These traits are great and will form the overall person into a great leader. But one has to know that this is the kind of person that God expects people to be. The Marine Corps didn't just make up a standard by which to follow. These principles were extracted from Christian scripture. Of course, this was done by a previous generation of old that had a very different perspective than our modern society. This previous generation understood the principles set forth by God and the kind of leadership that America would need to succeed. Again, as we go through these traits, do an honest examination of yourself and how you can improve in your leadership. You might say, well, I don't lead anybody at the moment. But you would be surprised as to how many people you actually affect in your sphere of influence. We are always watched by others 
and people are going to make the determination whether to emulate the characteristics that you have or refuse to be anything like you. I want you to think about that. We all have a sphere of influence in which we can make a difference upon people either positively or negatively. Let's begin our study with the first two traits of bearing and tact. Having bearing is not to be easily moved by people or the environment around you. This doesn't mean that you're oblivious to danger or obstacles, but that you're in total control of your emotions and actions. The lack of bearing is what causes many to make irrational decisions. It is the book of Proverbs, chapter 25 and verse 28 that says, quote, He that hath no rule over his own spirit is like a city that is broken down and without walls, end quote. Notice that it says that a person who is not in control of themselves is like a defenseless city without walls. This goes right along with tact or how you respond to any given situation. Having bearing is being under control, but having tact is how you say or do things. If you don't have bearing, then you won't have tact. God wants to exemplify what is said in the book of Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 29, quote, Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto his hearers, end quote. Being a strong leader means that we must not overreact to our environment, nor let that environment dictate how we address it. Of course, there is a time and place for everything. Like it says in Ecclesiastes chapter 3 and verse 1. It's a good verse. There are many today, though, that think that being a Christian means that you're just to be knocked over every time somebody or something metaphorically or even physically pushes you. We can see, though, throughout the Gospels that even Jesus Christ's own example bore situations of right responses to various issues. Sometimes Jesus would respond to his critics at times very calmly, while in other situations, he sharply rebuked them. You can learn more about this in podcast number 13, where I go more into detail about this, and some of those details will shock a lot of listeners. The next trait is courage which is the ability to stand firm in the face of adversity. This is a very difficult trait to master, but it's something that a person has to actively pursue after. It starts with the small trials in a person's life and then moving on to the more difficult to bear. How a person responds to adversity is a very good indicator of how much courage they have. I'm sure you can think of somebody who is the bad example and <laughs> you know them for falling apart every little thing that happens in their life. We could also think of those that we admire who handled the most difficult situations with grace and courage. I want to take this a step further though because this characteristic is very, very important. Do you know what opposite characteristic defines courage? Fear. It's how you handle fear. 
See, the Marine Corps puts its troops through intense training, repetitive training. I got stories. Let me tell you what. But it's so that when they face the fire and brimstone of war, they can face the enemy boldly. Note, it doesn't mean that an individual doesn't have a sense of fear deep within themselves, but it's the ability to set that emotion aside and overcome it through strength of resolve. God wants us to lean upon him for strength and courage. The book of Philippians chapter 4 and verse 13 says, quote, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me, end quote. I want you to remember, though, that this is trained, which means you have to actually practice it. It's not easy to be courageous, but with that foundation, God can work through you to be bold in the time of adversity. Our next trait is decisiveness, which is being certain in your decisions. This can also require someone to have courage and be bold in the decision that they're going to make. Now, this doesn't mean that you're too proud and arrogant to listen to the wisdom of others. Rather, you make sound decisions when they are needed. A more extreme example is how we expect our law enforcement and medical personnel to make decisive decisions, decisions that could save our very lives. Decisiveness also requires wisdom. If you're at the workplace, just because you make a bold or quick decision doesn't mean you always made the right one. Depending on the time you have to make that decision, try to weigh your options, make your decision, and then follow through with it. Nobody wants to follow somebody who can't make up their own mind and stand by what they originally said. If you're walking in the way that God expects, like in Proverbs chapter 3 and verses 5 through 7, it goes very well for you. It says, quote, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and don't lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. End quote. The next trait is dependability. This is so important to leadership because people count on you. I will have to say that if you're not a dependable worker, then you're not going to be a dependable leader. This is emphasized in the book of Luke, chapter 16, verse 10. It says, quote, He that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. And he that is unjust in least is unjust also in much. End quote. What is that talking about? If we can't trust you in the little things, you're sure not going to be able to trust you in the large things. Trust and dependability walk hand in hand. And if your coworkers can't trust you, then it means they can't depend on you. As a leader, how do you build trust and how do you build dependability among those you lead? You have to set the example and do what you say you're going to do. Keep a schedule. And be there if your coworkers need help. By setting the example here is not only a key to a positive working environment, but it also shows people what they should do. Remember, you want people to emulate positive characteristics, right? This is also something that you're not going to be able to force somebody to do. 
or believe, of course. But making somebody keep to a schedule could help them become dependable over time. Those who are undisciplined, who don't know how to keep a schedule, aren't going to have any dependability. So when a person is taught to keep to a schedule, they can develop that characteristic, which is obviously good for your working environment and is good for their personal development. We should strive to set the example by which we expect our followers to be. This is a very important trait in marriage especially because of husband and wife. Dependability builds trust, which then in turn builds the strength of the relationship. Very important. Then we have the trait of endurance. This is a characteristic that is built through time and exercise. It's like a muscle when you work out and you know the pain that you feel afterwards is not always comfortable, but you become stronger for it. It's the muscle that is stressed and it's rebuilding itself to become stronger. The same has to do with your mental stability and how you react under stress. This is a major aspect of leadership because a leader's endurance under pressure can directly make or break the people that follow him. There are so many examples of this one, especially throughout history, where the moral courage of a person or people is broken because their leader is broken. You have to start with the thought, do you purpose yourself to endure when you're going through a trial or tribulation, whether it's something personal or maybe it's at the workplace? This is also a very important trait to God as well, because when we endure trials in this life, it's for a rhyme and a reason. There's a purpose behind it. We are to be a light in this dark world, but we can't accomplish such if we collapse under pressure. It's the book of Romans chapter 5 and starting in verse 3 it says, quote, And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope, end quote. The Marine Corps has a saying that says, Pain is weakness leaving the body. Well, there's an element of truth to that, but that saying doesn't really capture the entirety of the tr the actual truth contained. It's not that you don't ever feel pain or that you're weak if you do. Rather, it's building mental endurance. That's why it is said, too, that you really find what you're truly made of when you're put through extreme pain. I have seen grown men and women break under extreme pressure, uh, especially with pain. And you really get to see what they're really made of in those times. But I will say this, God will also use trials in our lives to build us and use us for something greater that he has planned. I talk a lot about this concept in podcast number six, if you're interested later. It's called With a Purpose. Then we have the next two traits of enthusiasm and initiative. If you don't care about something openly and expressively, neither will the people who follow you. <laughs> enthusiasm. I'm talking about your direct attitude and how you carry yourself. Having enthusiasm motivates people to work towards the goals that you set. 
They should see a godly character and the joy in your heart as you work. The book of Philippians chapter 4 and verse 4 says, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say, rejoice. End quote. Enthusiasm really comes from how you view the world as well. And it leads into other characteristics such as courage and endurance. They're quite linked. If you view the world as God being the control and you're going to follow him no matter what life brings, then there will be a joy in your heart that brings forth enthusiasm in the workplace. Having initiative means that you do something without being told to do it or being directed to do it. Of course, having initiative means that you also have to make the right decisions. There is such a thing as having good initiative but bad judgment. <laughs> a person with good initiative will understand the need for what I talked about earlier with small unit leadership. There was someone who once said that if you see the need, take the lead. There is a lot of truth there. This has a direct reflection in the workplace where you can not only set the example for having initiative for getting tasks done, but also rewarding those who follow you for also having initiative. Have the kind of mental attitude of looking to better yourself and the people around you and according to the environment that you're in. Make good judgment calls on what your limits are and make sound decisions. Having initiative as a leader also affects your personal relationships as it helps you focus on the needs of others. We'll talk more about that here shortly. This next leadership trait of integrity is a fundamental characteristic of a leader. In the book of Proverbs chapter 10 and verse 9 it says, quote, "He that walketh uprightly walketh surely, but he that perverteth his ways shall be known." End quote. This verse says that a person who walks in integrity will walk in a very sure manner. Sure meaning that it's very stable, honest. Now, the contrary is that a dishonest person will be found out by everyone. And the idea is that they're going to be shamed. Of course, not having integrity is a sure way to lose your job or end up in jail, mind you. But this is also linked with trust and dependability, of course. Most people will violate their integrity, not by something huge. Rather, it starts with small things like cutting corners on the job or not being honest in the details consistently. A trust issue comes when you're not being honest. Think of trust and integrity when meeting a person starts at 100%. If you shortchange your honesty or moral principles in an area and people see it and know about it, it will no longer be at 100%. Rather, for each infraction, it drops down certain percentage points. Now, I'm just providing an illustration, and there's not really an exact number to that. But no, once you violate your integrity, it never goes back to 100%. And that person will always have a small doubt in their mind that, hmm, this time that person may not be wholly honest. Not having integrity will destroy your family, your life, as well as your workplace environment. 
This is a very important characteristic. Then we have the judgment and justice leadership traits, which are more important than ever before in our country today. Even our own government just tends to think that people aren't paying attention when judgment and justice are not executed properly and the elite of our society get off with crimes that common peons would, would not get away with. As a leader, you can't allow in your realm and sphere of influence to, to play favorites and you must have an even hand among those who follow you. You can't administratively discipline one person for an infraction. Then the next day you let another person off the hook just because you like that person and it just happens to be the same infraction. Judgment and justice walk hand in hand with other characteristics. And if you slip here as a leader, it brings the morale of the workplace down. It's okay to have mercy as well, but be sure to be even handed on your decisions. It's always good to have mercy and grace upon people. But of course, there are going to be times where correction is needed. The book of James chapter 2 and verse 13 says, quote, For he shall have judgment without mercy that hath showeth no mercy, and mercy rejoiceth against judgment. End quote. Proverbs chapter 21 and verse 15 says, quote, It is a joy to the just to do judgment, but destruction shall be to the workers of iniquity. End quote. Now remember, it's not saying that you always have to be merciful because mercy does have a limit. Obviously, sometimes you have to bring the heavy hand. But having a reputation of being merciful does gain the respect of people. Aren't you glad that in your own personal development, that someone wasn't waiting over you to smash you with a hammer every time you messed up? Think about that with the people who follow you or the people who have you have influence over. And also think about the times where you did get the hammer every now and again because you know you really needed it. <laughs> I know I really needed it too. This applies to the home as well. Husband, does your wife see you stand up for what is right publicly? Also, do you treat your kids fairly? No matter where you're at, these characteristics will define you and really define if someone can trust you. The next trait is knowledge. As a leader, you must be called the eternal student, which means that you're ever learning. It is said that if you're not growing, you're dying. I find that to be very, very true. You should continue to learn to be a good leader by reading or if not this subject, then another. Always remember this, because this is a fact that is shown throughout history. Look at it through and through with great leaders of history. Leaders are readers, and readers are leaders. Learn to read and grow your mind in something, even if it's new. Learn to have answers for those who follow you with different situations that may arise in the workplace or even in their personal lives, they'll respect you more for it. Knowledge should walk hand in hand with wisdom because nobody wants to be a smart fool. Think about what I said there. How do we attain knowledge and wisdom? Well, we start with God. We must do as the scripture says in 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 15, where it says, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed 
rightly dividing the word of truth. This is how we learn the leadership principles and traits from the word of God. This is how we learn how to be the example that God wants us to be. We need to know what God says by getting these principles out of his word. The last of our two leadership traits are loyalty and unselfishness. Loyalty is a major aspect, but it is built over time. It's not something that just happens. And of course, the lack thereof can shatter the trust inside a workplace. There have been leaders in history where people have fo would follow them to the gates of hell itself if the leaders had taken them there. This is because loyalty is born out of respect. You can earn your co-worker's loyalty by setting the example as a leader. See, you can force someone to respect your position because they're afraid of getting fired or some other administrative action, but it doesn't necessarily mean they respect you as a person or a leader. Strive to be the leader that is followed because they are respected. Of course, there are a minority of followers that will need to be disciplined anyways because they have a lack of character. That's okay, but it shouldn't derive because you have a lack of character. Proverbs chapter 17 and verse 17 says, quote, A friend loveth at all times, and a brother is born for adversity. End quote. Sometimes correction of another builds loyalty if you're the one who sets the example. Some of the most thick-headed of people can begin to love and respect us for showing consistency in our leadership traits. We are to show ourselves leaders of character, and we will gain brothers who will be there beside you through that adversity. Unselfishness is found in thinking more of others and not of yourself. There is a balance, of course, as in all characteristics. Having a mind, though, that is concerned for others is a great foundation in being an excellent leader. Be the leader that is concerned about the welfare of those who follow you. Having this characteristic also dictates other leadership traits like integrity, for instance. God expects his people to be unselfish and to set the example of being concerned for others. In the book of Philippians chapter 2 and verse 4, it says, quote, Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others, end quote. We live in a society that says, well, you look out for number one first. And that's all, basically. But God says quite the opposite. He says for us to be more mindful of those around us rather than ourselves. Imagine our homes, our companies, our workplace. Imagine our country if we would just follow that type of thought of being unselfish. Imagine if that was consistently applied throughout our society. Imagine how different everything would look. That's something to ponder and think about. And in wrapping this podcast up, I hope that this overview of the leadership traits gives you pause to think about your interaction with people and your style of leadership. Examine this in the light of scripture and what God says is an excellent leader. There may be many in the workplace that want the paycheck of a leadership position. But unfortunately, 
a smaller percentage will actually take on the responsibility of what it takes to be a leader. Be the leader that stands out. Be the leader that stands up for what is right. Be the leader that God is pleased with. Be the leader that matters. I want to thank you for listening. And be sure to follow us on the podcast media. Please take a look at our website, OurMightyFortress.com, and subscribe for more updates. Stay tuned next time for more great content. And remember to find your refuge and strength in Our Mighty Fortress.